0: Live at the Golden Circle Sports Book and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company.
1: No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield. We like Steve,
0: <laughs> but we don't love Steve.
1: It's Cofield
0: and Company with Steve Cofield
2: on ESPN Las Vegas.
3: Yeah. Weekend,
0: Let me do it again. Hold on. Weekend, yeah! All right. Five o'clock hour. There's two guys walking by. I don't want to scare the crap out of them. Could have. Jed might have to tackle someone. Golden Circle, Sportsbook and Bar. Treasure Island, our home on Fridays. Adam Hill is here. He's the company. Ari is back in our Finley Toyota Studios. Fired up. 5 o'clock hour. We're a week away from real football, college football, week zero. We got preseason NFL on right now. Adam may stick around and have a meal. I don't know what he's going to do. You never know. He's uh He's got this... This healthy thing now. This healthy kick. So a lot of salads, a lot of sal- a lot of steaks. I saw you. I, I don't even know where we were. I don't. I can't keep track of when I see you, but I know I, I watched you eat a steak somewhere. Um, I'll tell you what Jed would recommend at Golden Circle. This was the uh, this was an upset last week because Golden Circle has some creative menu items. Real creative. I talked about the locomocos. They got a Polish sausage on the menu. Let's go. Okay. They also have an egg salad sandwich, and I look over last week, and Jed is like, freaking, just crushing, like it? all in on an egg salad sandwich. Was it like Mark Davis with the wings? Did you not see that? Of course, I saw. it. Oh, we okay. talked a lot about okay, it. Believe yeah. me, you've missed. You've missed a lot of the show. Uh, Mark Davis. No, I, I thought we talked about no, it. But you no, no, we confused. no, we all talked about it. No, because. The Mark Davis-Wings conversation from game one in the preseason has now moved on to what MD does at the Aces game in the VIP eating area. And I'll – I think tomorrow on the – in fact, I know they'll use it. on the Saturday show, Willie and Gooch are here from 9 to 11, and we've been talking about MD because we got – we had a snitch in that room at the Aces games that says Mark – does not go for the prime rib carving station. He loves the mini hot dogs. <laughs> so the other day at the Aces game, we're, we're tweeting right before the half. I think it was uh, P1 listener Brady, and Brady's like, are you going to ask him, one, about the mini hot dogs and the prime rib, and two, we've also been on this whole kick. You remember that, that night with the wings, Mark Davis is a fashion maven. He loves the white jackets, sure. and that was what a brave night that was. Ooh. Wings and a white jacket. So that was the other thing. We wanted to know mini hot dogs or prime rib, and does Mark have just one white jacket? Because he had worn a white jacket like three nights in a row to sporting events last week. So you'll hear the audio tomorrow. Should I just save it, or should I reveal what was? Well, he did had? answer? Oh, he answered. Wait, I mean. The I- mini hot dog, prime rib, he looked. I think he looked at Willie, and he was like, "I don't know," like he just thought he thought the question was stupid. The white jacket, he gave an answer because we wanted to know. Like, do you have? Are you cycling through? Like, do you have ten, fifteen white jackets? Well, first of all, I'm disappointed because you know if I'm going to ask,
1: uh, it's Mr. D. I guess we are going with now from Josh McDaniels. That's what he calls him. Uh, I like I like MD. If we're going to ask Mr. D about Mr. D about wings, yeah. I mean, the question is. Rancher blue cheese, obviously. Well, you're on that. We left that for you. That's your thing. Okay. Um, but they're also, I mean, if we're asking, if we're talking about the aces, should, should we ask, are you cool with Darren being here and not for the other the other game?
0: Of so little importance to Willie and myself and Brady. Okay. Fair enough. No, the, the white jacket thing is the that's the that's the big story, and the and the mini hot dogs over prime rib is, is an amazing thing because the the picture you paint is this is the guys. Got a team that's worth $4 billion. He's living a pretty nice life, but he's still a lot like an average fan. Well, we know his favorite
1: restaurants, and some of them are very nice, but some of them are also you know, fairly
0: standard. Well, I mean, who, who did the feature on him like four years ago about his love of P.F. Chang's just right. to go to lunch and old-school guy? I was, you bring the, the minivan. I was van. trying to
1: take your lesson and not you do the free plug. Oh, that's fine. Just say he likes yeah, that's fine. pretty that's fine. You know, ordinary places.
0: I like P.F. It's So do I. I don't think it's ordinary. I don't have $4 billion. You would still eat at regular places. I don't know. You would. I would get very boozy very fast. I don't think you would. Yeah. You're lying. I'd have personal chefs and everything. It would be great. You make more money now than you've ever made. You're certainly not bougie. Oh, no. Well, wow, he's giving me a real, real, real weird look on making more money. All right, we move on. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number Five. All right, I, I kind of forgot about the fact that we have a more company now. Maybe exactly. Adams not. Maybe Adams not on Cofield's <laughs> exactly. company. Oops! Open the wound there and pour, uh, pour the salt in. All right. When generations attack generations, that is a wound that gets open for me, even if it's not my generation, right? And Gen- even if
1: it's not a really attack. Yeah
0: like commentary on gen x i think we're actually uh my age group has fallen in between this well documented battle between boomers who are in many ways sorry for you a lot of you boomers it's not all of you but you are just unbearable unbearable and True. the attack of boomers on millennials went on for a long time well millennials have kind of moved along as the you know the youngest adults and now we've got gen z so we're talking about like born in 97 to around 2012. And I saw this story this week about quiet quitting. And I never really looked into it. And then you sent it over and explained it, and I my blood started boiling. Well the crazy part is I think this is an attack on millennials
1: and Gen Zers, but it's almost an attack on them for
0: doing something that has been done for a long time. So do who's we, attacking them? Before so we it get into the story, do we wanna do we wanna quote the PSA? With the marijuana, where I learned the, it from watching you. Yeah, I learned it from watching you, Dad. Where'd so, you Where'd you fi- Where'd you learn how to use this weed?
1: You so this article claims that Gen Zers and millennials have invented quiet quitting, which is essentially you are stuck in a job where you hate it, you're overwhelmed, you don't want to be there, but you also are are kind of stuck there and can't quit. Because there's not another option or you don't, you know, for whatever
0: reason, you feel like you need to stay there. So you essentially just stop working. So you work just enough to stay beneath the radar, but you don't really work to your potential. Yeah. And I will say your co-workers will notice it. Like we sure. know who quiet quitters are. Ari, right, do me a favor. Send me a list of the uh, five quiet quitters that you've worked with over the years. Five. I will not read them uh, and who are currently at Lotus right now. Um, <laughs> Adam, do the same. I, my list is already like 30 people long. At, when I read I two this, workplaces, when I read quiet quitting, people who stay below the radar, just work enough to keep their job, but don't max their potential, and it was put on folks who were born from 97 to 2012, I was like, what are people talking about? Is this another one of these we're going to bash an age group? I could name a quiet quitter that I've worked with over the years who are currently in their 70s. 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, and 20s, and probably some dead people. Yes. Yes. What do you mean? Someone in this has been recently invented. Are you insane? (laughs) I don't
1: think they're bragging that they invented it. I think it's kind of an attack on them that they do this. But no, this is this is a long running issue. This is this is not an age group issue. I'm out. I can't. I, I
0: can't ke- I'm out. You I have no idea. This. I'm not speaking anymore.
1: I have no idea, but I would imagine there was somebody, like in the 17, there was somebody in the Continental Congress that had quiet
0: quit. Right. <laughs> like, like, what? Is- Why is he? <laughs> we were supposed to get his briefs. Why? Where are they? <laughs> like he's he knows he's in in American history forever. He's just like screw it. Yes. Let all these other guys leave. I don't want to be Jefferson. I, I, no, but I'm here, and I'm just barely going to work.
1: And I, I mean, go back. You don't think there, you don't think there was somebody like the twelve hundreds at the blacksmith shop that was like, "God, this place sucks. I'm just not going to do anything." Hopefully, they don't notice. Like that was happening forever.
0: We're actually. We're- I
1: guarantee. What are the guys carrying? Jesus's cross?
0: was like, I'm not even going to carry this thing. Will, they, even, Boy, will that, they get rid of me? That opens a whole Pandora's box. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I got accused of quiet quitting when I was like 17. At the uh, soup shop? No, I didn't even know I was doing it. I was probably a little younger. I was probably like 14. No, I went on a, a, a canoe trip on the Delaware River, okay. and I found out afterwards that my canoe partner was complaining that I wasn't rowing hard enough. Were you? You know, looking back, I probably wasn't. So I'll take I'll take it. But, I, but I'm in the boat, and someone's rowing a lot, so I'm like, I'm along for the ride. I'm not gonna bust my ass here what am, I, what am i gonna do double up the effort like you're you're doing a great job here bro but the funny thing is i there must have been a point where i turned into a lunatic and then i would be the one who is now criticizing the quiet quitter And
1: they're like you haven't you haven't paddled for three hours yeah. it's your turn now
0: but if i if i put full effort and there was a quiet quitter we would going in circles a good point like i would just i would just overdo it to just be a lunatic and be like okay well i mean i'm not gonna say anything but i'm making it that didn't happen
1: when the other person was doing it you weren't going in circles because you weren't doing anything
0: no i think they balanced it out by doing you know a decent job of keeping it straight
1: that's fair
0: i'm not a water person we found that and i know you're not i'm not that that was the the one time in the outdoors i was like canoeing yeah let me try it and then you know two hours in i'm like this sucks water quiet quit
1: Water sucks in general.
0: I, you know, what, I've, now that I think about it, I think I've quite quit on a lot of outdoor activities with groups. I'm I went, I went. I'd camp- be willing to bet you have. I went on a family camping trip, and I know I did not give Max. Hour. I watched everyone doing stuff, and I'm like, yeah, this putting up the tent thing, and I, like, ah, I no, never. So you know what? I, w- I was actually calling people out in all different age groups. I've done it. Of course, we probably all have done it. Maybe not at a job that sucks, but at at, at some sort of. Boy, I've done it a lot. I'm, 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 I really have to. I gotta, I gotta think about this this weekend. I gotta apologize. I, is that right? I'm doing it right now. by just carrying on on this, I quiet quit the show. I'll talk when I have to. Okay. Yeah. Adam's doing it. Number four. All right. Apparently, Adam's out. All right. I am not a World Cup soccer guy, so I'm gonna quiet quit on you right now, and you carry the story. All right. This is
1: this is more just. I, I don't know who's to blame for this. It's bad. They probably were sent early anyway. Uh, the reveal of the new soccer jersey, especially ahead of the World Cup for the U.S. kit, and I'm sure in other countries too, is a big deal. It'll, it'll be unveiled in some grand spectacle. They'll do a TV show or whatever they're going to do to unveil. Hey, it's World Cup time. This is the kit the U.S. is wearing. Let's go. Well, somebody's walking around in a Dick Sporting Goods. And they look on the wall, and they say, is that... I haven't seen these jerseys. Is this the new U.S. soccer jersey? I'm going to buy this. This looks pretty cool. So they went to buy it, and the clerk said, oh, no, these are not for sale. Oh, I said, why? Well, they're not available until September 21st. That's when they're getting on September 21st? And the person said, well, two days early. Why are they hanging on the wall? And somebody said, oh, somebody screwed up. They weren't supposed to put it up. So, of course... Everybody just starts taking pictures, putting them out online, releasing them on the Internet. So they've been seen now. Now, not getting very good reviews. (laughs) They're not great. I don't think they're terrible either. But, of course, people are not happy because they don't love how they look. But how does this happen? First of all, how would they get shipped out that early? How does somebody just grab them and put them on the wall? And how does somebody else not say, like, we should probably take these down before anybody takes a picture of
0: it? Someone at Dick's Quiet Quit.
1: I don't know, I'm just gonna throw it up there.
0: What would you do uh, back in the day when you were working at? What do you work at? Reebok or Nike? I worked at the uh, Reebok store at you, the, uh, the
1: out- South Outlet Mall. You would have
0: done the right thing and just taken the jersey home for yourself, of course. Number three. Where is TB12? Is he actually gone from the Bucks to tape? He's definitely the, gone. To tape the Mask Singer because that's the that has become the internet craze right now. Well, the
1: hot rumor has been that he's getting divorced and that he left to take care of the family issues of being divorced now if the team was being honest then that doesn't make any sense because they said this was planned months ago when he first said he was coming back to the team that he was going to leave during training camp and go tape this uh, there's been some speculation because Todd Bowles said he was going to come back after this preseason game and then when he was asked yesterday oh, does that mean he's back on Monday for practice we don't know yet
0: I love these stories. So I, I hope he's not getting divorced. I'm not rooting there for
1: that. Are, there are, by the way, odds in faraway places of who the first girlfriend will be. Stop. You can bet it already? Yeah. Wow. I, I, I only looked to see who the favorite was. Pretty obvious favorite. Well, is, what are, is, what is the trend with celebrity couples now? You go back to the original.
0: I thought that's where you were going. Yeah. Is hand of that. Who cares? If he's getting divorced, she can get the, I don't know what she's doing. I, it's a good point. I have no she idea. She is the been, favorite. I, I have no idea if Affleck was actually available when JLo yeah. went back or vice versa.
1: So she's the favorite at this time. Yeah. Uh, I think that makes you sense. You can bet it.
0: That's... You don't want to bet that? No, I do. I just of course think, you do. I just think it's weak. It's kind of sick, but uh, yes, I'm into it. Of course. Uh,
1: so, yeah, I mean, that that is one of the rumors. But now people are saying, okay, if this was pre-planned if you're going to take the Bucks and Tom Brady at face value and they pre-planned this what could make him step away from training camp and what is going on right now that could have explained it and here's another thing that is a huge key to this do you remember what Tom Brady did when he was retired? Signed a massive deal with Fox could Fox have come back and said hey man
0: like we signed a contract, we're paying you. You gotta do something. Or maybe that was part of the original agreement. That hey, that's how we're gonna introduce the contract, and then it got leaked. You're gonna be on the Mass Singer and we're gonna blow it up that way, and now they're like, You still gotta do it. Gronk did it already. There's been some other people associated with Brady that have done the show. I've never seen the show. I just I can't I I, I know there this could be a contract thing. I can't imagine Tom Brady leaving a football camp. For the mass singer, what now, could you but, imagine but, him but, leaving but, for? But I, but I can't imagine him leaving for marital strife.
1: If you are having strife in your marriage, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that make you stay there more?
0: Not if you want to save things, Adam.
1: <laughs> why would? You, why
0: number two? Uh, this right tackle derby for the Raiders is fascinating, but I also I don't believe it's a derby. But I again. Because they're rotating so many players and playing so many guys at right tackle, and Leatherwood, you know, is a question mark in terms of locking it down. Is there really a battle going on at right tackle, or do they know who oh, it's going to be? I think there's
1: definitely a battle going on.
0: Thayer-Munford, a seventh-round pick, is in the running. Or Jermaine-Illuminor is in the running for the starting gig? I'll, I'll say this. I think if the season started
1: three days ago, Thayer-Munford is a starting right tackle. What? And I I say that fairly confidently. Now, the wrench that's been thrown into that, Stair Munford left practice with a trainer on Wednesday and didn't practice Thursday. So how bad is that? It didn't look serious, but it's certainly a setback enough that he missed a couple of practices. Man, And so obviously after he left, uh, Alex Leatherwood stepped in to take, oh, no, sorry, no, Jermaine Illuminor stepped in to take oh first-team reps with <laughs> right tackle. Uh, yes, I think it's a battle. And, yes, I think they are hoping and praying that Alex Leatherwood wins this battle. This
0: They're giving is, him every
1: chance to, and he's not doing
0: it. What a weird day. No Conflict Friday has turned into Conspiracy Friday. We'll have several gates we have to get into on the way back as the top story.
2: It's the Big Five
0: at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570 9000. Maloka controls the rebound, throws it back out to McCabe. Now, right side, Keyshawn Gilbert. He shoots a three in and out, no good. Maloka's there for the putback. David Maloka controlling the board. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sports Book and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Yeah, we've got UNLV basketball tonight. Third game of the Canadian Tour, 7 o'clock. John Sandler on the call there. And uh, David Mowoka actually going to join us. I actually talked to him before the show. He's not going to join us in you know an hour and 15 minutes before the game. But we have that conversation coming up around 545. I got a couple of gates to get into. You know, there's always some controversy, this gate, that gate. We love that. I'll get to it in 60 seconds. I don't want to be like you, but there are times I'm like Adam Hill. Adam, we've gone through this. Adam ran into with COVID and just your awkwardness. You don't really know how to take pictures with people because you sure. don't know where to put your hands. Women, forget it. I, like, I'm not putting my arm around a woman. No. Um, you know, it's not, it's not going Taylor to happen. Taylor Swift radio yeah. scenario. And that's right. It was. It was a radio guy. Yeah. Uh, claiming that, you know, she claimed he was, you know, goosing her. So I don't know. Uh, so we just had Jimmy come over, who's worked at Cirque du Soleil, the Beatles show forever. And then I, we took a picture with him. I'll post it on social media. I looked at it. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm just like, Ugh. like, just that's just the look of me. It's just that noise. Yeah. What am I doing? Well, you, your smile always looks fake. That's it looks it 100% true. Sure. I actually was laughing because I felt like so
1: uncomfortable. I've never seen a picture of you, quote-unquote, smiling that looked like you were actually happy. Your smile always looks fake. Well, this
0: one, I look high or drunk. What is okay. God, this is look a look. Look the uh, Marshawn look to you. Wow. It's not Marshawn. <laughs> I will not tear my tires off on the ride to wherever I'm going after this. All right, so we got some gates to get into. Okay. Picture gate? Well, you started it last week. Uh, when everyone's watching the game, the Raiders game, we're looking down at the field and we're like, Why does the Raiders' grass field look like all burnt out and spotty? And then I saw you explain it—that what happened.
1: Well, there were soccer games there, and you know, while everybody else, (laughs) look, I do this too. But when everybody else just makes snap judgments, I went and found a very high-ranking Raiders official and asked him. What were the snap judgments? uh, Oh, the field sucks. They don't know what they're doing out there. I thought I'm pro football talk like I thought one of the selling points was that they can go grass outside. Imagine if they couldn't. How bad would it be then? Well, first of all, the field will be brand new for the regular season. They had soccer games there. They destroyed the grass. And they were going to resod, but they said what's the purpose resodding before a preseason game? It doesn't matter. Let's resod before the regular season when the games matter. Right. So it'll be a new field. They'll have it I would be willing to bet it's going to look fantastic.
0: Okay, I was thinking that field we saw last week will never recover in time for September 18th. But then I also heard, hey, they can resod it. And so, like you said, now we've got a situation, though. We do have Grassgate coming up this weekend because, you know, UNLV can't play really on the day before the Raiders because they can't switch out the field trays, the, the artificial turf and the grass quick enough and set up the stadium. Well, if you notice next week... On Friday night, the Raiders are playing the Patriots. At 12.30 on Saturday, the Rebels are playing Idaho State. All right, so what's the deal?
1: Well, I think they can go from grass to turf. They just can't go turf to grass. They cannot. Okay. Well, then I guess they, they'll
0: wait. Cannot if they're going to play on the grass, they'll probably just wait until after UNLV plays to resod it. Yes. Yeah. So the Raiders and the Patriots will use that field that looks kind of burnt out on Friday, and then the Rebels will open on that same field. They will play on grass. They can't use their turf because they can't bring it in quickly enough. Well, and also, what they can't damage it, they're going to resod it. So who yeah. cares? Well, but for UNLV and Idaho State, the field is going to be, I would assume, kind of messy. Yeah, just like day. it will be for. for for Raiders and Patriots. Now,
1: I'll say, uh, I asked six different players after the game. Yeah, how it was? They didn't care. They didn't notice it. They right. said when we walked out, it looked terrible, but then they were like, nah, the field, the field played fine. Nothing, there was no difference."
0: I asked Marcus Arroyo today about you know the fact that they can't play on the turf. I mean, it's that that is a difference when you're playing. You know, you practice on turf. You normally play on artificial turf. Now they're going to play on the grass. And I was really going down the path of like, "Hey, it might be burnt. You know, do you need new cleats?" And he was he kind of just. It's going to be okay.
2: Unfortunately, you know, we don't have the, we don't have the, the privilege to be able to get on grass. We looked at a bunch of different opportunities to try to maybe get over there and, and see if we could do that. That just didn't play out as far as us being them being home and us being home to see if we could get on some grass. We've done that at other places, and we've not done that at other places. We've been over the course of your career. You've got times where you go to play a team on grass. Do you try to find a grass field? Do you not? We've got places in for many years, you played at Stanford, and if you can't really do anything about it, you just got to get prepared. Um, we'll change cleats, and some of the guys um, that will have to play in some, they'll get used to some of those cleats as we get closer to it, um, but again, it's a pro surface. Um, it's not going to be playing on you know, not a high school stadium. They're going to take good care of it. They play right before us, but they got to plan it too.
0: What kind of cleats do you use on, say, like sparse grass? If it is kind of, you know, burnt out.
2: Yeah, I mean, we can't prepare for, you know, I can't prepare for burnout grass. I'm I'm preparing the guys if we've got certain cleats for for grass. We've got to be able. We'll have both in there too. We'll go out early out and check them out and make sure guys are guys are ready. Well, the same thing at at other spots, I'm sure.
0: Do you go into the building during the week in the middle? Unfortunately, can't. You can't get in there. You can't get in there. I was I was really ready to stir this up and make it into Grassgate, but Arroyo wasn't having it. You just told us the field will be fine for the Raiders opener so.
1: Yeah. I mean another obviously another check mark in the most ridiculous stadium deal ever done, but <laughs> sure.
0: And and at the beginning of that he's like, "We'll be okay. I mean, we normally would try to go to some grass field, but you're not going to be able to replicate the Raiders field anyway, so it's all good." So silly. It's all good. I have another gate when we come back. More gates? Well, this is Antonio Raiders locker room logo gate. Uh Uh-oh.
2: Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. I think it's very big because at the end of the day, it's the opportunity to show the world what not only I can do, but my other teammates. We want to come out there and win. I understand it's the preseason, but we treat it like it's a regular season game because, you know, at the end of the day, it's a game. It's televised, so I think it's a great opportunity for us to show not only the stuff we do at practice, but we also want to show everybody that we're a great team. You are listening to Cofield and Company,
0: live at the Golden Circle Sports Book and Bar inside Treasure Island. You know, I swear I interviewed Amik Robertson a few years ago when he got drafted. I don't remember him sounding like that. Is that the right ID? Is that the right ID on that one? My memory may fail me. Adam's like, I could have listen. Not sure. Li- listened. Not sure. I, not sure. I, not sure. I, I don't would've think would've Adam was listening. Uh, so we are rolling live right now. If you uh, are up on Twitter, check it out. Live video of the show from down here at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. We're also up on YouTube. We'll have to do a better job of Promoting that on the Steve Cofield page, so we have limited time here. I know you would like to do this for hours, and John Von Tobel hates it. We'll, well set. We'll, we'll, I more want to come after go after John. Than we'll set else. this up. John the other day ranted on the air about uh, the Raiders Media Club. Like there's a little click, and then something developed uh, early in the week about the giant Raiders logo in the locker room and some media people stepping on it. But here was JVT. In the middle of the week. I'll call them the Raiders Media Club. So I'm glad you used that term, actually. We get it, okay? And I'm speaking to people that I've met in person, and I'd say this to their face. We get it. You cover the Raiders. Let's relax a little bit with everything. What do you mean? Like that... Raiders locker room is open. Like we're okay. We get it. You get to cover the Raiders. It's, it's a lot job, of fun. It's their job. It makes the job much easier. And for writers, like nobody cares. I feel like you're subtweeting. This is Jonathan Von I, I feel like you're going after an Adam Hill who's part of the company. No, and you know, I didn't see I Adam. Protect tweeted. my people. Okay. So if you want to go after Adam Hill, I'll it make directly. it simple. If you cover the Raiders in the Las Vegas market, I'm talking to you. We get it. You cover them. The locker room's open. I don't need 20 tweets about it from 10 different people. It's ridiculous. So you got it. Now, it it's it's a running joke. It's a joke. It's a, it's like a little media joke. And then they have some players and I guess Kenyon Drake's in on it, too. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay, there's two things here. Yeah. So the the end there, I said it was a joke about the Raiders logo and media people stepping on it and being told they have to do push-ups. We can get to that in a second. But you were irked with what? John talking well, I about thought John open was, locker room. I rooms?
1: thought John was more – because the conversation started with your, your question about the, the locker room logo thing. I thought that's what John was talking about, that we're just tweeting about the logo – because as if to say hey we're in the locker room and you're not which hey even if that's the case i will make the argument isn't it almost your only job to let people know like people can hear press conferences and they get your job is to be the conduit between the locker room and the fan right like you should be kind of saying those things that's what fans don't get to see or experience and the whole logo situation wouldn't it would not have been media people tweeting about it if the players didn't make such a big deal. And about we played it. the
0: audio of Jared Stidham doing an interview. And, and Stidham then, did and, it as and, a and joke. Then, and I, I, that's what I thought, too, because Stidham mid-sentence is like, whoa, whoa, you're on the logo. And that was uh,
1: directed at Logan Reaver. Poor guy just got to the market and uh, had dealt with that. Um, other players were very serious. I didn't realize that part. Yeah. Other players were very serious. Jared Stidham was joking. Other players were not. Uh, I will tell you, Kenyon Drake was not. And he kind of got silly in his tweet a little bit, but being in the room, he wanted the push-ups done. Uh, so explain the push-up thing. So there's giant logos on every every locker room, not just in the NFL, in any professional locker room you're going to go into. And players obviously don't step on it. And anybody that is invited in the locker room, there's a very strict rule, do not, do not step on it. Now, I've been in a bunch of locker rooms covering different sports. I with with the people that I was with were my impl- my co-workers I walked in with them and I, I grabbed them and said hey do not step on the logo and they're like why and literally five seconds later a bunch of reporters did it and got screamed at and I was like that's why <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to be in their crosshair but this is a player driven thing this is not a media driven thing this is a player driven thing for sure and Andre James one in particular was not. I was gonna say out for blood. He
2: out for blood. He was.
1: He wanted penance. Wow. But he. I mean, he was kind of joking about it a little bit. But he said, "I saw a couple guys do it," and I was like, "I have their names if you want." And he said, "Absolutely, I want those names."
0: I was like, "Okay." <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Now you have been called a snitch. That's fine. Yeah. On our video roll oh, yeah. right now, you're Absolutely. giving lists of media people who are violators. Oh, yeah. oh yeah! Wow, he's proud of
1: it. Oh yeah, for sure. And Andre James wanted the list. Kenyon Drake wanted the list. And actually, Kenyon Drake in particular said to me, who's
0: that guy? Oh, wow. And I told him. <laughs> and what he if, what, if, what, if, what, over. what if person over. What if that guy was a co-worker? Would you not cover for him? Would you give a different name? No. I Like, would no. you would you go, who's that guy? That's Steve Cofield. And I wasn't there. I would have I said who? I was have said Steve Cofield. No, no. I mean, if it was one of your co-workers at the paper, I didn't would you cover for him by...
1: Oh, okay. All right. But, I yes, I absolutely said who it was. And Kenyon and, 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 Ken and Drake demanded, this, per- called the person over by name, demanded push-ups, and said, if you can't do them, you can do them on your knees. That's fine. I, I,
0: I know who the person is. Yeah. I don't believe they can do them on their knees. Okay.
1: Well, the person walked away laughing, and after they left, Kenyon Drake said, why is he laughing? ooh I was like, okay. And then All Kenny Drake right. did tweet about it, as you saw. So this I was mean, this was a is, player. It is their sanctuary. This is a player-driven thing. This was not media people saying, hey, look how cool I am. I'm in the locker room, and I can tweet about the logo. This was a player-driven thing that we were relating to fans.
0: Join the conversation
1: on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. <laughs>
0: Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag, only on ESPN Las Vegas. Rebels game's coming up right here on ESPN Las Vegas at 7 o'clock. David Mowoka is going to be playing in the game. Had a good game, too. Game one didn't produce a lot in terms of points, but David's the one of the centers, a returning player for UNLV. And now they've got an infusion of newcomers. Isaiah Cottrell is back in town, Bishop Gorman guy, another big at 6'10". We talked about the trip. We talked about the first two games when we started out the convo. We just talked to David a little bit ago. We started off the conversation Talking about Isaiah Cottrell and his skill set as a big man.
3: I see it every day in practice. You know, it's um, great to be able to play against a guy like that. You know, he can stretch the floor. Um, you know, he's, he's mobile. He's, you know, athletic for his size as well. as a big man. Um, but, yeah, just his ability to stretch the floor, you know, it's unique. And it uh, kind of gives him, you know, a unique kind of advantage as well. in the Mountain West uh, being able to play against other bigs that, can't necessarily spread the floor like that, and then being the threat down low as well. You know, he's a big, big body, so it's definitely fun to play against and with him. So can't wait to have a good season with him down low.
0: So you just mentioned play with him. Do you see lineups where uh, you, David mocha and Catrell can both be out there? You know, two guys, six ten, six eleven, on the floor at the same time.
3: Yeah. So coach has mentioned you know a lot about experimenting things, especially during the preseason. Um, but, yeah, me and him out there, uh, he's talked about that. We've done that in practice multiple times. And it's actually worked, uh, especially on the defensive end. Against Maybe against like bigger teams, it will be more effective on the defensive end. But offensively, uh, against smaller teams, it will be a huge mismatch because, obviously, like I said, he can spread the floor. And then we can both work down low, obviously. So, yeah, just a bunch of mismatch, mismatches around the court.
0: Yeah, I saw Isaiah take a three in the first five minutes of game two. I saw him take a little fade away from about 13 feet in the lane, so he's got a, a pretty varied offensive game. So let, let's go back to the look that we get a lot, though, and that is four smalls and one big, where we might have you know Luis Rodriguez out there as the four. Eventually, when uh, Vic comes back, uh, Vicky Waco comes back, You know, he's not necessarily small, but he's six seven. So for you, when there's not two true bigs on the floor, what are your responsibilities out there kind of you know trying to protect the the rim and especially if you get pulled away when you guys are going four small, one big?
3: Yeah, honestly, just being able to anchor anchor the defense uh, on the defensive end of the floor, being able to anchor the uh, anchor the defense and then offensively, uh, just being able to lead my team, you know uh, rebounding is a crucial part you know of my game. Uh, take pride in that. so just defensively and offensively, And then, obviously, um, just being able to talk to the guys, you know, being able to be a leader on both ends of the floor, especially defensively, though. And, um, you know, with four guys out there, I'm the main one down low. So just having that confidence to really, you know, play to the best of my potential.
0: I want you to tell us a little more about some of the new guys. The last couple minutes here with David Mwaka, who's up in Canada, getting ready for the third game of the UNLV Canadian Exhibition Tour. It's kind of interesting because... As the coaching staff collected transfers, we saw power, tri- uh, power five transfers come in, like Colorado, Ole Miss, Oklahoma. And I remember when Jackie Johnson committed, people saw Duquesne, and they were like, Yeah, hey, we don't really know a lot about this guy. And then there, I saw some transfer ranking thing that had him like 700th best transfer, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I think he yeah. might be pretty good. And then I got to see him in practice, and I'm like, this like a like an NFL running back. He is a truck, and he can break people down off the dribble. He has been really good so far. Uh, you can tell people who haven't had a chance to watch the games on YouTube, Jackie Johnson has a lot of game.
3: Yeah, now, honestly, yeah, my boy Jackie, man, he's, you know, he's small. You he might, like, people may look at him and be like, he's small or he's, he's, you know, he's a lot more little or whatever than the guys. But, you know, he has a huge heart, you know. He has a lot of pride. He takes a lot of pride in working out, putting in that work, you know, to really, you know, offensively just be a threat, you know, three levels of the floor, you know, shooting the ball deep or driving, you know, playmaking, you know. He's a you know, he's a he's a great guy on and off the floor, I feel like, um, great attitude, which helps him on the floor. Obviously, you know, coming from Duquesne, you know, the respect isn't there or whatever, but, you know, he, he doesn't care about any of that, you know, he just puts the work in and it shows on the court, so
0: Hey, uh, over the years, Duquesne's produced a lot of good players, and I know he's not with San Diego State anymore, but Chad Baker-Mazzara, the six-seven kid for San Diego State, gave you guys, uh, you know, some troubles last year. So Duquesne has some good basketball players, and Jackie's shown out here in the first couple of games. Another new guy to mention, you know, I watched Keyshawn Hall practice, and he's he's a big body dude at 6'6", 6'7", 240 pounds, and I was thinking to myself, well, you know, he's a freshman. It's really hard for freshmen to get playing time. He has been pretty good as well. He had a he had a beautiful pass. I think it was with Catrell early on on the Wednesday game. Uh Keyshawn's a really confident guy and his offensive skill set is pretty special for a guy that big.
3: Yeah, nah, definitely, definitely. You know, that's a guy. That's another guy as well. You know, uh coming in as a freshman, you know, we've all been there, so we know we know how he's, you know, gonna struggle a little bit like off the floor, maybe with some certain things like uh, you know, just understanding plays, but Honestly with him, you know, he's come in and made an impact, you know, quick, uh, practice wise and then obviously in the games, like you said, he's been playing and producing well. But um yeah, honestly as a freshman, he's come in and really, you know, played played at a high level, you know, since day one. You know, he's had the right attitude in practice and practice in every day. So he's just been getting better and better and yeah. Can't wait to keep playing with him this season as well.
0: So last couple of things with David Mowaka who's up in Canada, UNLV plays tonight, 7 o'clock right here on ESPN Las Vegas. So when I watched those practices, a handful of those uh, 10 summer practices getting ready for this, it was clear to me that Keyshawn Gilbert is one of the leaders on the floor. And now he's become a better offensive player with the change in rotation on his jump shot. Is, is Keyshawn not only a leader on the floor but also off? I know Vic is off. Like, who's developing as some of the big voices off the floor? Is Keyshawn one of them?
3: Yeah, you know um – Sean, you know, last year as a freshman, he came in, you know, th- especially defensively, really played at a high level, you know, anytime he got playing time and then obviously in practice he set the tone. Um, each and every day, you know. So he, he's another guy that plays with high intensity and I feel like we have a lot of guys on that on this team like that. A lot of guys who take pride, especially in defense. And then obviously on offense just working on working on their game, uh our games to, uh, you know, Trying to elevate the team as a whole, um, but yeah, he's been he's been great this year so far, uh, especially in practice, as you know, trying to form into that leader, like trying to come into that uh, leadership role. You know, as, as time goes on, you know, just getting more and more confident each and every day in each practice. So, can't wait to can't wait for his improvement as well.
0: And we do have to remind people that potentially. Uh, your best offensive weapon, probably going to be a top three guy in terms of scoring, a go-to guy. Uh, Elijah Harkless isn't playing on this trip, so I think when people grade the team, I think you have to look at, hey, Harkless is going to come back at some point from this knee injury. He was a pretty decent scorer at Oklahoma in the Big 12. He could be a force in the Mountain West.
3: Oh, yeah, nah, most definitely. Um, That's definitely one guy to look out for, especially, like you said, on the offensive end. Um, He's another guy that puts in a lot of work on his game and his shot. Uh, it's consistent I've seen it for myself after practice when he's shooting Um, you know that's another guy that's another older guy you know he's experienced he's come from Oklahoma so you know he's played at a high level he's played against good teams and I cannot wait for him to get out there on the floor with us as well and just perform
0: most important question of this interview you told us about two weeks ago that when you went back to Canada you were ready to get some poutine you want to explain to the Vegas audience what poutine is, and have you been able to get some poutine?
3: Man, like I said, first meal I told I told, I told you guys when I was there, first meal <laughs> out here was going to be poutine. Yeah. And, surely enough, when I went to the mall, uh, there was this little spot called uh, New York Fries, and they had some poutine, and I definitely nice. had to try some out. Nice. It was actually the same spot that I've been to five five or six years ago when I was out here as well, so, you know, I had to.
0: Do you uh, what do you get on? Because you can get some toppings on that. Did you get anything special? or You just go traditional.
3: Nah, I just I just had to try the basic again. You know, it's been a while, so I can. You know, I didn't want to do too much. Yeah, (laughs) don't get too wild. Plus, that's
0: that's not exactly (laughs) a good. If you did it right before a game, that's not exactly
3: a good pregame meal. It's a little. It's a little bit heavy. Yeah, it's not ideal, man. (laughs) All
0: right, David. Well, uh, we're glad you're having a good time in Canada, and good luck tonight. Hope you win the game, and we'll see you back here when you're in Las Vegas.
3: Yes, sir. I appreciate the bus.
0: There he is. Respect. I like that at the end, boss. I like that. He knows. Even though I'm a foot shorter and way the same as him. That's sad. David Mowoka, big man returning. Part of a bigger UNLV team up front. (laughs) Providing they stay healthy, which is always a challenge in any sport, in college basketball. So last year they had a really big team, and then slowly but surely they got small. So now they've got Isaiah Cottrell. At 6'10", Mooka at 6'10". They're waiting on Vic Owako to get healthy from shoulder surgery. They've got Carl Jones, who's 6'9", 250, backup. Just got to get in a little better shape, get up to speed from Juco to Division One. So they're bigger, and then they're bigger on the wings. So game's coming up, 7 o'clock. Third game of the Canadian Exhibition Tour for the running Rebels. Get in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So a couple of you know deep dive stories for the Raiders tomorrow against the Dolphins. One, the linebacker situation is shaping up to be interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've they've got rid of a couple guys, so they're down. Uh, to, I think there's only seven left maybe on the roster uh, right now, but uh, the way that it's going with Young getting released the other day, I mean, it would appear that Diablo, Perriman, Jayon Brown, are locked in, and if you're only going to keep four, which the way the roster is starting to shake out, four seems like the most likely scenario. Maybe a fifth. I think you try to put them on practice squad, uh, depending on how the special teams is going to work out. But if they do keep a four, if they do keep it to four, you would look at either Luke Masterson or Darian Butler being that fourth guy, which would mean that you know somebody that they found and were just able to bring in uh, after the draft would be on the team, which I think would be. Very intriguing, but both have played well. Masterson has has uh, you know worn the green dot a little bit during training camp, which means that he's calling plays. He's communicating uh, out on the field, which uh, that would be very beneficial and helpful uh, to have him around. Butler, for the first part of camp, was making plays every single day, so I'm sure he's made an impression. I, I think that's a, an interesting battle to monitor tomorrow.
0: Running backs. It's kind of interesting at the top. They've got good depth at the, we'll call it the bottom, They've got depth, too, because now Amir Abdullah, I guess, has emerged as a contributor. So, is he pushing someone out the bottom who may not make the team or may be traded? Somebody's going to be gone. Somebody surprising is going to be gone. Because if you think you got
1: Jacobs, Drake, Abdullah, who's getting a lot of hype, Zamir White is absolutely on the team. He's been fantastic. Britton Brown, Brandon Bolden. Britton Brown. I think Britton Brown will probably they'll, they'll hope to get him on the practice squad. But between Bolden, Jacobs... Drake, Abdullah, Zamir White, and then Jakob Johnson, of course, is the only fullback
0: on the roster. Somebody's leaving. We're done at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Tomorrow, 9 a.m., another ESPN Las Vegas show. Willie and Gooch guests include Raiders expert Vic Tafer and former Centennial softball legend Savannah Horvath. 9 o'clock, Willie and Gooch back here at Treasure Island.